Psalm number 9, beginning in verse number 1. And yes, there are 20 verses, and yes, I am going to attempt to cover all 20 uh, this morning, which I know most of you are saying, yeah, right. Uh, Psalm number 9. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. So we've got quite a few young people here this morning. Some of you may have someone that you're interested in, has caught your eye, you know, at school or maybe somewhere else. The girls aren't giggling yet, but they're grinning. So how would you like for that person to just halfway like you? Hmm? You see what it says here, the Lord says, or David says of the Lord, I will love thee. I will praise thee, rather, with my whole heart. I will show forth thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. When mine enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish. I want you to notice what it says there, at thy presence. I mean, does it really require any effort on the Lord's part? It's just his presence. What are, we, what are we desirous of this morning? We desire his presence. The wicked don't desire his presence. But they fall at his presence. We, we desire his presence. We, we want to dwell in his presence. We want to rejoice in his presence. David is praising the Lord in his presence. Verse 4 says, For thou hast maintained my right and my cause. You're the, he's the reason you're still standing. How come you haven't given up? Hmm? Somebody's going to answer. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Brother Bruce. Yeah. The Lord maintains us. He supports us. He strengthens us. Brother Jerry was praying this morning for strength for us. Right? He strengthens us. He keeps us. If he didn't keep you, you would fall. You would fall away. You would turn away from the Lord, and, and you, you, would, you would not return. Um, so he maintains my right and my cause. Thou sattest in the throne judging right. Thou hast rebuked the heathen. Thou hast destroyed the wicked. Thou hast put out their name forever and ever. O thou enemy, destructions are come to a perpetual end, and thou has destroyed cities. Their memorial has perished with them. The walls of Jericho aren't still standing. Those walls that they, they were wide enough that they held chariot races on the top of. You've read about that before, haven't you, Brother Bruce? Yeah. I mean, chariot races on top of the walls of a city. A city that had never been taken. A city that could not, they thought, be overthrown. Kind of like the Titanic, Right? Even had a plaque that God couldn't sink that ship. Just took an iceberg, shear off a couple of rivets, and it went down to the bottom of the ocean. And many people, some went to heaven, you know, some went to hell. Their memorial has perished with them. That plaque, I wonder if some of those men who commissioned that plaque might be at the bottom of the ocean with that plaque. 
Their memorial has perished with them, but the Lord shall endure forever. There's a contrast for you. Their memorial perish. The Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment. He's coming. He's going to call all men to judgment. I was listening again to Pilgrim's Progress, driving around from job site to lumber yard to job site to lumber yard. It's usually my day. And Christian meets the man who is in the iron cage, you know, and he's just in despair. And another man that has this dream, and he, he, he was just terrified. And he asked him what his problem was. He said, I thought it was the day of judgment, and the Lord had called all men to come before him to judgment. He's prepared his throne for judgment. Verse number 8, and he shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Let me just ask you, when you're in trouble, do you have the Lord for a refuge? I mean, truly. Do you truly have the Lord for a refuge? I'm not talking about just saying, you know, I'm a Christian or I belong to the Lord. I'm talking about when trouble comes, where do you go? Do you run to him? Is he a strong and mighty tower for you? Uh, do, do you, do you go inside as the scripture says, and, and you're safe, you're safe there. Verse 10 says, they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. There's, there's some things going on in our midst this morning. Sister Delina's mom's not doing well. That's troubling to her daughter and to her family. Daniel, you're looking for employment, aren't you? That's troubling. And there's other things that are going on, I know. Well, it says right here that in verse 10 that they that know, they that know the Lord, they that know his name will put their trust in him. So right now, Sister Lena is putting her trust in her mom's situation in the Lord. Daniel's putting, we had a conversation somewhat yesterday, a short one. We texted back and forth. And, and I rehearsed for him a verse that has been with me since a young child. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, talking about trusting in the Lord with all of your heart and not leaning upon your own understanding. I'm paraphrasing, but in all your ways, acknowledging him. And he shall direct your path. That's what this verse is talking about here. All they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Who can say, I turned to the Lord and he forsook me. He, 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 he did not come to my aid. He did not help me. Sing praises to the Lord which dwelleth in Zion. Why? And Brother J.D.'s been telling you who Zion is for several Sundays now. It's the church. Sing praises, he says here, to the Lord which dwelleth in Zion. Where is he? Where is the Lord? He's in the midst of his people. Declare among the people his doings. 
I have no doubt. Sister Delina putting her trust in the Lord, the Lord's going to help her. It may not be the way that, that the world around us would say that he may help her. We don't know what the Lord might do in that situation. We know what our heart's desire is. We know our heart's desire is that he would raise her up, that he'd restore her health, that he'd restore, you know, the, the, the things that are wrong, you know, in her body. Uh, our hope is that the Lord would give, you know, Daniel another position, you know, somewhere in some company. And we've been there before. I've been there before, Daniel, you know, certainly looking for employment. And you know what? Just like Sister Joyce was telling me this morning that when she was younger, her dad was very strict and very hard on her. And she says, now, she said, I'm glad he was. She wasn't necessarily so glad at the time, but afterwards she could see the wisdom, and I'm glad that he was. Well, the Lord allows us to go through some things, and after we go through them and he shows himself strong, and he shows himself faithful, and he shows himself to be a refuge, we're glad that he allowed us to go through those things. Verse 12 says, When he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Some of those Christians during Roman occupation were thrown to the lions in the Colosseum. And when their blood was spilt upon the ground, God heard a cry. It wasn't necessarily just the cry of a lion rending them to pieces, but it was the cry of justice and judgment. How long, O oh Lord, how long? You know, those who've been martyred there beneath the throne saying, how long until you avenge our blood? Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble, which I suffer of them that hate me. You know, we said last week in Psalm number 8, there were people that, that, were, that hated David, and he hadn't done anything. You know, he was being persecuted, not because of something he had done. He hadn't done anything. Them that hate me, he says here. Thou that liftest, liftest up from the gates of death. You ever been there? You ever have that kind of scare before? Some of the young people here may not. Some have. This could be it. This could be the end. This could be the thing that takes my life. Well, the Lord is the one that lifts up from that place. In the land of the living, but also if you draw your last breath, he lifts you up even then, doesn't he? To be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. I think that's up, right? That I may show forth all thy praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion. I will rejoice in thy salvation. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they have made. In the net that they hid is their own foot taken. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. 
The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Listen to what's being said here. Let, let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Especially this part. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. That'd be a good prayer for our nation in our day. Let them know that they are but men. Perishing men. Men that will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Let them know that they are but men. They are but flesh. They are but dust. Right? Well, <clears throat> this is our subject this morning. And yes, you've been standing a while, haven't you? And you've probably been thinking, when's he going to finally get to the end of this so I can sit down? Well, I'll get to stand up here the rest of the time. So you'll be happy to sit down whenever we finish praying, right? Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. I'm going to ask Cohen if he would to pray for us. Amen. Amen. Well, I think there was somewhat of what we're talking about there, you know, in Cohen's prayer, right? I mean, having, having that that Job possessed. You've heard of the patience of Job, haven't you, the Scripture says? <clears throat> well, the beginning of our psalm and its remaining tenor brings to mind a passage from Philippians 4. Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. So David starts out in the psalm there saying, I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. If I'm going to praise the Lord with my whole heart, then I'm going to have to praise the Lord in every situation, every circumstance. So that becomes more difficult when you put a face on it. We put Daniel's circumstances or Delina's circumstances on it. That becomes more difficult, doesn't it? But this is, what, this is what Scripture commands of us. Rejoice in the Lord always. I can rejoice in every situation. That's what Scripture is telling me. So whether I've committed wrong, I can rejoice because if I confess my sin... He's faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I can rejoice. Now, there's going to be sorrow mixed with joy there because I'm going to have to come in repentance. And there's going to be sorrow over the sin that's been committed, but I can still rejoice. I have a Savior, right? In the midst of trouble, I can rejoice in the very words that we've read here. We can just use, you know, what's here in the text about him being a refuge. Here I'm in trouble. The Lord's my refuge. Here I'm in trouble. The Lord's my strength. Here I'm in trouble. The Lord's, the Lord's going to keep me. He's promised to keep me. Here I'm in trouble. The Lord's promised to never leave me nor forsake me. Is this stuff important? 
We need to know these things. Do we not know these things? We need to be reminded of these things, don't we? We need to be reminded. If we didn't need to be reminded, then Peter wouldn't have used such words when he was writing to the church about stirring them up and putting them in remembrance of some things, right? Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. You could rem- Every time I'm in trouble, you could remind me of that. I, I need to be reminded of that in trouble. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Listen to what it says next. Here's the reason why we can rejoice always. The Lord is at hand. The Lord's at hand. Think about Peter. He sees the Lord walking on the water. And he says, Lord, if it's you, command that I should come out there and walk on the water. Can you imagine even saying such a thing? Lord, if it's really you. He didn't doubt the Lord was able to do it. Command that I should come out. And it wasn't just a calm, you know, pristine, you know, sea that he was stepping out upon. It was stormy. Peter took his eyes off the Lord and began to look at the wind and the waves. And he began to sink. And he would have sunk if the Lord hadn't been in hand, right? The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious about things. That's easy to say, isn't it? That's harder to do. Y'all had your last day of school, right? And my bunch hasn't. They go year-round. But, but, and you're like, well, I would hate that. Are you ever anxious about a test? Are you anxious about a meet? Are you anxious about something else? Well, if we're abiding in Him, if we're resting in Him, if we're trusting in Him, if we're finding Him to be our refuge, and we're doing what we ought to be doing, I mean, I guess you ought to be anxious if you haven't studied for the test. I know at least for my part and my brother Ricky's part, we knew about how much we had to study just to get by. You know, I don't recommend that. You know, but but um, I had reason to be anxious. Was I did I did I study enough to be able to get the grade that I needed to be able to you know pass the class? But be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. Before that test, Danny, we had a discussion, Provi. Instead of Daniel, he said his friends call him Danny. So, yeah, we already have a Daniel, so now I'll just say Danny. Yeah, he's behind you back there. I've, I've left, I'm leaving you alone for a while, Daniel. Yeah, I may come back to you, but... but um, If we're doing what we ought to do, saying, Lord, you've given me this opportunity. I can remember John, one of John Piper's children saying, why do I need to learn this? So you can communicate the gospel. 
That's, that's the chief reason. So you can communicate the gospel unto others. But if I'm doing what I ought to do, then Lord, help me to learn this. You've given me, you've given me this, a mind. You've put me in this place. I'm, I'm, I'm here in this school, in this class, you know, for, for a reason. And, and I want to be able to honor you and, 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 and make it an F on this exam. You know, I don't really feel like that's going to honor you as much as, as, you know, showing forth, you know, your glory and having looked unto you and depended upon you and asked you to give me an understanding of these things. And maybe even, you know, when my friends come to ask me, well, man, you're, you're really doing well in this class. How, how do you understand all this stuff? Well, God's word says that wisdom comes from him. And he says those who lack it to ask, and he would give it. it Maybe an opportunity to witness to somebody. Yes. Yes. Don't be anxious in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, going back to rejoicing in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Doesn't that sound like a lot better place than being anxious? Your hearts and minds being kept? You being at peace? I mean, beyond understanding. Well, here David rejoices in the Lord and in the Lord working on his behalf. I and mean, we can see something has happened. We're not told in the title to the psalm, exactly what it is. Is, is this, he, he slew Goliath? You know, is, is this some other conquest, you know, where the Lord was with David? Um, you know, when he was there under the mulberry tree, and he says, Lord, shall I go up? Will you, will you grant the victory? Shall we go up against the enemy and, and take back what they've stolen from us, including wives and children? And the Lord said, when you hear the sound of the wind, of a going, of the wind rustling in the mulberry trees, then go up and I'll give you victory. I'll give you victory. So what was it? We don't know. We don't know what it was that David is praising the Lord for here, but there's, there's many things that we could take, you know, in our thoughts that it could be the result of. But it seems to be a song of thanksgiving upon a victory that has been won. Well, up until that day, there was a long battle, likely. There was every reason to be afraid or to be anxious. But here David is praising the Lord, not with half a heart, but with his whole heart. The Lord's at hand. Matthew 28, 20 says, The Lord says, I will be with you always, even unto the end of the world. He, he hadn't got us started and left us. He's going to be with us even unto the end. Psalm 46, 7 says, the, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Did, did God deliver Jacob? Yes. Isaiah 41.10, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Why is it we don't need to be anxious? Why is it we don't need to be afraid? If the Lord's with us, if we belong to him, if he's our refuge. 
Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. You get into Romans, and who's going to pluck you, you know, from that place, right? John 14, 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Lord, I'm in trouble. Be still and know that I'm God. Be patient. I know you want things to happen right now. I know you want to be out of this trouble right now. I know that you know that I'm able to bring you out of this trouble right now. But be patient. Wait upon me. Understand that I could do that. But I'm allowing you to be here for a purpose and a reason. So wait upon me. Look unto me. Trust in me. Hope in me. Ask of me strength. Ask of me wisdom. Ask of me peace. I'll give these things unto you. Rejoice that I'm at hand. And again, Paul says to the Philippians, rejoice, rejoice. So in the midst of whatever we face, we have this promise, the Lord is at hand. If you're his, he's at hand. He's with you. He's not just with you. Scripture says that he abides within us. Can't get much closer than that. I, I can be separated from my wife for a time. There have been many times that I've had to go somewhere and, and she stay at home, but there have been a few. But there's not a place that I could be that the Lord's not with me. Nowhere. He is with us, never to leave nor forsake. If we feel otherwise, your, your feelings can betray you, can't they? Well, I just feel like nobody cares. And you can get so far down into that hole that you believe that to be true. But guess what? It's a lie. There are people, around, there are people here that care for you. There are people here that care for your soul. There are people here that love you. You may feel like you're cut off, but you're not. You may feel like the Lord's forsaken you, but he hasn't if you're his. He hasn't forsaken you. Don't depend upon your feelings. Depend upon what God's word says. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Depend upon him. So this is all right upon the heels of the previous psalm where David says, what was the question last week? Anybody? The remark, I mean, we saw the glory of God on display. And right after that, I'm giving you a clue. What does David say? What? What is man that thou art mindful of him? I mean, think about that question and apply it to where we are right now. The Lord's at hand. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. What is man that thou art mindful? Well, Lord, who am I that you should be mindful of me? Who am I that you should care for me? Who am I that you should tell me to cast my cares upon you? For you careth for me. Who am I? Who am I? We said that he knows the number and the names of all the stars in heaven. We haven't even seen them all with our most powerful telescopes. And you know what? He knows my name. 
when I call upon him? And if you're, if you're his when you call upon him, he didn't say, he didn't say, who? Who are you? No, he knows. Every hair upon my head, he knows. He knows. I mean, it's a glorious thing, Cohen, that he knows all the stars in heaven and he calls, knows the number and calls them by name. But what a more glorious thing that he knows my name. That he knows my circumstances. That he cares about me. That's more remarkable. What did we say in regards to how mindful God is of those who are his? The most remarkable thing we can say is that he gave his only begotten son. That I, as Brother JT was talking about this morning, might be reconciled unto him that I might know him and that he might know me in a saving sense that he might know me and scripture argues this way if he would do that if he would give his only begotten son if he would do that what would he not do what would he not give? If he would give his only begotten son, what would he not give? Well, this is too small and insignificant of a thing to take to the Lord. No, it's not. He cares that much for you as his child. If I see one of my children, and I, I, or I see my wife, I, I, I know them well enough to see something's wrong. You think I don't ask what's wrong? You think I don't care what's wrong? And if I would do that, how much more God? How much more God? Well, I'll, I'll give you the verse of Scripture. I'm not just, this is just conjecture. Romans 8.32 says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Does that mean all things like give me a brand new this or give me a brand new that? No. All things that you have need of. Could I spoil my kids? Could I give them too much? Could I ruin them that way? Yeah, God's not going to ruin you. God's going to give you what you need. And knowing that, another place from, from my childhood, give me neither poverty nor riches, but feed me with the food that is convenient for me. Lest, lest I be full, lest I have so much that I would deny and forget the Lord, or lest... I have too little, and I would steal and profane his name. Lord, feed me with the food that is convenient for me. Don't give me too much. Don't give me too little. Give me that that I need to remain dependent and always looking unto you. you know, that's the place that we want to be. So the, the Lord is at hand. And if the Lord is at hand in our troubles, are we at peace? Have you forgotten the Lord's at hand when you're in trouble? 
We ought only need to remember the Lord's at hand. Why am I being anxious about this? The Lord's at hand. Why am I worrying about this? The Lord's at hand. He's going to deliver me. The Lord's at hand. He's going to help me. The Lord's at hand. He's going to provide for me. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, didn't he? Nor his seed begging bread. Do we see God as he who does all things well? Do we see God as sovereign and in complete control of all things? Do we see the Lord at hand? Is there going to be disappointments? Is there going to be discouragements? Sister Joyce was telling me that, that when she was younger, I don't, I don't know if in Love Lady you have a majorette. Y'all have a majorette there in the... No, no, don't have that. She, she, was, she, she made it. She achieved that place. And her dad said no. And she looked back and she said, I'm so thankful. I knew the girls who took that place that I wasn't allowed to take. And she said, I know some of the things that happened to them. And I'm so glad that wasn't me. So if the Lord says no, it's for a reason. If the Lord says no, it's for your good. It's for my good. If the Lord says wait, it's for my good. If the Lord says, here, yes, this thing you need right now. Whatever the case may be, he's always going to answer. It may be yes, it may be no, or it may be wait. In all such times, I need to remember that he's my refuge, that he's my strength, that he's my shield, that he keeps me by his power. Well, in light of this, David enters into the courts of the Lord with praise. Psalm 96, 8 says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Do we give the Lord the glory due unto his name? Bring an offering. Come into his courts. Come before him with an offering. What kind of offering are you going to bring? Well, we don't bring calves and bulls and goats and things in the Old Testament. But the Bible does talk about the calves of our lips. Praise being upon our lips. Praising him with the whole heart. That's an offering. It's acceptable. That's all we got. It's all we need. It's what the Lord's given us. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. That's Psalm 104. Psalm 100, verse 4. Not Psalm 104. So David says he'll praise the Lord with all of his heart. He'll show forth all of his works. He'll be glad and rejoice in him and sing praise to his name. You know, I was thinking about this whole heart thing. I remembered another passage from my youth. And I heard the Lord saying this to me. Proverbs 23, 26 says, My son, give me thine heart. Who's your heart belong to? Hmm? 
Who's your heart belong to? Well, it belongs to that lady right there on the front row in a sense, doesn't it? But in that sense, in belonging to the Lord and my heart belonging to him, you know, I can think of such places like that I'm to love her as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, right? So is our heart completely given to him, completely given to love him, to praise him? Does he have your whole heart? My son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. Are you observing the Lord's ways? I remember the crowd in school. They, Let's go do this. Mm, there were times I had to call my dad and say, can you come pick me up? They're not observing the Lord's ways. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our obedience. He's done great things for us. David says, I'll show forth all his marvelous works. Psalm 126.3 says, The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Of course, we know the greatest of these being giving his only begotten son for us, right? I mean, David's being delivered here from physical enemies, but we've been delivered from the enemy of our souls. If we're in Christ, you know, four times we see the phrase that rises from David's heart in these first <clears throat> few verses of the psalm where he says, I will, I will, I will, I will. I will praise thee, one. I will show forth all thy marvelous works, two. I will be glad and rejoice in thee, three. I will sing praise to thy name, four. Four times David's determined to give unto the Lord that which is due unto his name with his whole heart. He desires to do so. He says in verse 3, When mine enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. Think about places like Psalm 97 verse 5 where we read this, thinking about the Lord's presence, right? Listen to what's being said here. The hills melted like Wax at the presence of the Lord. Who is he who's going to harm you if the Lord is at hand? Who's he going to do? Any, who's going to do anything to you that the Lord doesn't allow? Right? With him being at hand, the hills melted like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth, it says. What did he tell Joshua? In Joshua 2, when the two spies went into um, Jericho, and Rahab has an opportunity to converse with them, the Lord says here this unto us. She said unto the men, I know, thinking about the Lord's presence, the hills melting like wax, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror, whose terror? The terror of a, the smallest nation on the face of the earth? No, the presence of the Lord, right? I, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. 
Who are they fainting because of? The Lord in the midst of his people. The presence of the Lord. For we've heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. They came out of Egypt across the Red Sea on dry ground. And what he did to the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Talking about the presence of the Lord. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Isn't that what the Bible says? Isn't that what Scripture tells us? Isn't that what God has said unto us? Therefore, resist who? The devil who is greater, greater foe than we ourselves. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Remember when they came to take the Lord in the garden? He said, whom do you seek? We seek Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth, I am he. And they what? Fell backwards. Right? The presence of the Lord. He said, let these go their their way. Verse 4, he says, For thou hast maintained my right and my cause. Thou saddest as in sit. He sits in the throne judging right. We don't have any reason to wonder what the Lord's going to do in any given situation. What's he going to do? He's always going to do what's right. Always. This is the Lord that maintains us, that supports us, that keeps us. He's always going to do what's right. He who is ever present in times of trouble is always going to do what is right. Cohen mentioned Job. Think about Job. Think about what Job went through. What squeezed out of Job in the presence of God? The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the one that's that used to be the, the greatest thing in my mind that, that, that from my part that came out of me reading Job's account. But greater still is this. And I know I mention it to you oftentimes, but though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's knowing the Lord's at your, at going to do what's right, and that's knowing that the Lord's at your right hand, right? He's there. That he's committed unto us to what he's determined to do in us. He that's begun a good work in you is going to complete it. He's determined. He started it. He's going to finish it. Verse 5 says that he's rebuked the heathen. He's destroyed the wicked. He's put out their name forever and ever. Their destructions are come to a perpetual end. That destroyed cities, their memorials gone. Psalm 76 verse 6 says, At thy rebuke, O God of Jacob, both the chariot and the horse are cast into a deep sleep. Thou, even thou, art to be feared, and who may stand in thy sight when once thou art angry? How about back there in the beginning of our study in the book of Psalms? 
the nations, the heathen, the raging. God's angry with the wicked every day. Some of the things that we've seen already. Who shall stand in thy sight when once thou art angry? Thou didst cause judgment to be heard from heaven. The earth feared and was still when God arose to judgment to save all the meek of the earth. Surely the wrath of man shall praise thee. The remainder of wrath thou shalt restrain. Go back to the garden. There they came. Who are you seeking? Jesus of Nazareth. I am he. They fall backwards. They get up again. The Lord says it again. They fall again. They fall. And the Lord says, these, you came for me, but you leave these alone. The wrath of man, praising God, taking the Lord to be crucified, which God was determined to do. And the Lord had set his face like a flint. If it be possible, let this cup pass. But nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. But the remainder of that wrath that would have taken all of those disciples and done the same thing to them, God restrained. He restrained. The wrath of man is great, but God is greater. They would do so much more than they could, but God doesn't allow them. Verse 7 says, The Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment, and he shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in righteousness. Listen to what Psalm 102, verse 25 says, Of old hast thou laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They shall perish. All that glory that we talked about last week, the glory of what God has created, they shall perish. But he, God, shall endure. Thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment. As a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. Isaac, Isaiah, what are y'all? Y'all, y'all still in baseball right now? So, old sweaty shirt, take it off and just throw it aside. You don't think a whole lot about it, do you? You know, it's... it's it, it, it did the thing I put it on for. You know, I, I wore it, I practiced, I'm done with it, I'm throw it in the wash, you know, so to speak. I mean, a sense in which we have something like here. I mean, when God's done with it, he's going to fold it all up and put it away. All that shall be changed, but it says, Thou art the same, and thy years have no end. As glorious as the heavens are, they shall perish, but God shall endure forever in his glory. That glory of those stars, that glory of those planets, it's, it's going to be consumed. But God's glory is going to remain. You know, in that place in heaven, you, you, you know what it says, that there, there's no sun there. What's the light there? The Lord is the light, isn't he? His glory remains. The glory of the sun Gone. The glory of Christ remains. Well, the Lord is our refuge. The Lord is our strength. Psalm thirty-four, fifteen says, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. 
The Lord is near or nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. When the Lord is near, when the Lord is at hand, there is peace. There is peace. Sing praises, verse 11 says, to the Lord which dwelleth in Zion. Declare among the people his doings. When, when Israel came across the, through the Red Sea on dry ground and got to the other side, what did they do? They, they sang the song of Moses. Yeah. They sing praises unto him. And built a monument. Built a monument. Exodus 15.1 says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Verse 12 says, When he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Wrong is not done, and the Lord does not know. Wrong is not done, and it escapes the Lord's notice. The Lord knows trouble when you're in it. He sent it. He allowed it to be there at your doorstep. He allowed you to open it and answer the door, and there it was. He sent it for a purpose. The 13th verse of our text says, Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble which I suffer of them that hate me. Thou that liftest me up from the gates of death. I mean, this was serious. David was being pressed to the point of death. Verse 14 says, That I may show forth all thy praise in the gates of the daughters of Zion. I will, or the daughter of Zion, I will rejoice in thy salvation. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they've made for themselves. Verse 16, the Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all of the nations that forget God. You know what it means to, you know what it's like to turn something in? Brother JT does. He got a pasture here, got a gate, got a pasture over there. Open this gate and turn them cows off into that other pasture. Turn them into there. Turn them out of here into there. God's going to open that gate and turn them into hell. That will not repent. Turn them into hell that will not believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ that they might be saved. So is there a bunch of stuff going on in our day? Would we rather not see our kids being raised in the age that they're being raised in? Well, guess what? The Lord's appointed what's happening right now, and he's appointed us to be alive at this moment. So we could wish all things were different all we want to, but they're not. But we do need to remember this. The Lord's at hand. Well, what's going to become of my children and my grandchildren? The Lord's at hand. The Lord's at hand. Mm -hmm. For the needy, listen to verse number 18. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. We may feel like it. Lord, how long? The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. Lord, when? In his due time. When it's right. When it's best. He's not unjust. He's right in all that he does. We're not forgotten. Our expectation will be realized. What's your greatest expectation? 
well, I want to go to this college and I want to work for this Fortune 500 company. No. What's your greatest expectation? I, I, I heard people talking about it this morning already. Lord, come. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. That's our expectation. Our expectations from him. Lord, here's this situation. Do what's right in it. Lord, I don't know what's going to come of this, but give me strength to endure. I don't know what might happen, but help me to be a testimony to those around me. Let them see you at work in this situation and circumstance. No wonder David says, I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. You know, when you think about the wicked and the traps that they set for the righteous, you know what comes to mind? You may have something else comes to mind. This is what comes to mind for me. You remember a man named Haman? You remember a man named Mordecai in the book of Esther? And you remember what Haman built? A 50-foot gallows to hang Mordecai on? And he himself ended up swinging from that rope. Ask Daniel in the lion's den. Ask the three Hebrew children in Nebuchadnezzar's burning fiery furnace. Verse 19 says, Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Put them in fear, O Lord. I, th- I believe God put Nebuchadnezzar in fear. I believe God showed him that he was but a man. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. That's not a wrong thing for us to cry. It's right there. I mean, David's crying it. You can cry the same thing. I can cry that. Lord, show them. Show them who you are. Show them what they are. Show them to be themselves to be but men. Romans 12, 19 says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. That's the Lord showing them to be but men. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forgotten you. The wickedness of the wicked shall cease, evil will perish, but the Lord will come and he will establish his kingdom forever. He's not forgotten you. What, what does he regard you as? Anybody? Child? Anything else? Brian, image bearer? Keep going. His creation, sure. Yeah. Cohen takes care of the stuff that belongs to him. You know. But you're the apple of his eye as well as those other things that you mentioned. You protect that? You care for that? How many times has something come at it and you blinked and didn't even know it was coming? You know? There was a response there. That happened. How many, how many things is the Lord protecting us from that we don't even realize? The residue out there of the wrath of man. Things that they would do if they could 
How many things is the Lord protecting you from that you don't even know about? What about the devil and all of his hosts? What's the Lord protecting you from? Oh, I assure you it is much, much. Donnie and I both can testify to things that should have ended us probably as young people, things that we did. Um, but for, by God's grace, he preserved us. I could have been a lifeless thing there laying on the concrete. But the Lord preserved me. The apple of his eye. That's what you are. You are precious unto him as his child. If you are his child, you are precious unto him. If you're not... My advice to you is get on your knees and do not let your head hit your pillow tonight until you have cried out unto the Lord and called upon his name that you might be such as we're describing here, that the Lord would be at hand for you, that he would be at hand right there at your right hand for you and not against you. You don't want God to be against you. I don't want God to be against you. I want God to be for you. <clears throat> well, I skipped over some things. Didn't spend a lot of time in some places that I could have spent more time. But I think you understand. There's always next week. If, if the Lord wills. Yeah, it would, we'll be back there. If the Lord wills. Um, he's a refuge. He can be trusted. He's faithful. He's the keeper of your... He's the reason why you are still here now. You're kept by the power of God. Unto salvation. Ready to be revealed at the last time. Right? Right?